is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Is the music on yet, Knox? It is. Okay. It is. It's All right. It's All right. playing now. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. Good to be with you. This We're in northern Idaho, even farther up in the chimney in Coeur d'Alene. We're at uh, Trinity Church, Pastor Stewart's church, part of the CRC. That's right. Um, we're actually thank you, Pastor Stewart. Filming, uh, filming it as church. He might be coming in and out counseling he's, people. He's, yeah. um, <laughs> but so just ignore Pastor Stewart <laughs> on that. Um, so you know, of course, you guys know Knox, Pastor Toby. I'm the Water Boy. We also got Blaine Kanzadi on. He's been with us on a number of times. He's the Blaine's Idaho Family Policy uh, no, Center. Stop. Is that, that I'm doing it. Blaine Kinsadi. I wasn't ready to introduce him. Oh, you're not right? introducing no, him? No, no. You started introducing him. I was just names. Just names. We're getting to people. You said Idaho Family Poli I was Policy it. Center. Yeah. No, just, you know, okay. All right. <laughs> and, and then I got uh, uh, Seth, uh, CEO of Babylon B, and, and uh, um, what was uh, the, the line that I really liked? No, no, no. I, I, you, stop you, it. you want to read that? You're trying uh, okay. to steal the intros. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to get You told me to do the intros. Seth Dillon. Okay. Is trafficker and misinformation under the guise of satire. That's what I wanted to say. Currently CEO of the Babylon Bee, co-founder of Not the Bee, entrepreneur, venture investor, speaker, humorist, and a recent convert to Calvinism. Venture investors, that what you said? Fake news. Fake news. Says he's a super Calvinist. He lives with his wife and two sons in Juno Beach, Florida. We're grateful to have you across politics. Grateful to be here. And uh, Blaine Kanzadi left a lucrative career as a rock and jazz musician. Did he? Um, to uh, enter public policy. It actually says lucrative in the notes. Was I, it really lucrative? Oh, so lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that jacket, oh. man. Look at it. Um, he now serves as president of the Idaho Family Policy Center here in the great state of Idaho, the only explicitly Christian policy center in the state. Yeah, they do. In the U.S. or just the state? In the state. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, the, I would like to say the U.S. But so. um, <laughs> and uh, currently is um, embroiled in fighting the trans drag clown show, which yeah. we're very thankful and yeah. proud of you for doing. So, Thank you. Gabe, kick so it that, off. That, that kind of gets us. Uh, you know, the reason why we actually have uh, Seth and Blaine on is because in Idaho, particularly right now, we're kind of dealing with the trans particularly drag show under 12-year-old problem. <laughs> Men twerking uh, in front of kids at public parks. Yeah, yeah. apparently yeah. 13 and over is yeah. not. Is some not, is some not states have, like, you know, bear problems and, yeah. you know, uh, environmental problems. And we have, have 12, and eight, 12 and under drag problems. In a conservative state, by the way. Yeah, in a red state. Yeah, in a red state. But I remember, I mean, I, I was born in 1979, and, uh, Woo! Well, I know, I mean, I remember the Beatles. <laughs> Mm. Not really. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, um, 
homosexuality and, and homosexual marriage was not a big deal, but they were arguing at that time. They were starting to argue in the 80s. They were starting to argue for civil unions, yeah. right. which they um, eventually got. I think that was in, uh, was it Vermont 2000 when yeah. they got that? I had it in my notes. Yeah, on, well, yeah, well, yeah it was one of the early ones, yeah. Um, and then they finally got Obergefell in 2015, and then two months after Obergefell came, the polygamists in Utah and Nevada were crying foul. Right. And then I think it was, you know, within that year, 2015, 16, well, actually, if you remember, 2012, <clears throat> they changed the definition of, of transgenderism not being a, uh, a psychological disorder anymore. Oh, is that when they dropped that? that was in, <coughs> I believe it was in 2012. Okay. And that was the a APA yep, um, right. definition. Right. And, and so we've seen this in my lifetime, this, you know, fast, you know, slippery slope right into transgenderism. And now drag queens twerking for yeah, underage for children. Underage twelve. It's, I mean, it's just yeah. amazing how far, fast and more we've declined morally. It's family friendly, though. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> well, don't worry. You see all the footage. Don't though. worry. <laughs> Seth, not Dave French, right? <laughs> but but you, see all, you actually see all the footage at like the bars and stuff. It's oh. like moms bringing their yeah, yeah, their yeah. kids. It's, yeah. it's crazy. But it does say it family well. friendly. It does. It does yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's so it's, it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> all right, dude, right. <laughs> but but then. Then Christians come along, like the Babylon Bee, and we kind of, you know, colorfully, serratedly, you know, try to point out the craziness behind this transgender stuff, and then, and then we get attacked for not being nice. So, <laughs> from so, Christians, which is actually from, why we're having this conversation, Seth. We want yeah. this is a, this is a, you know, we're confronting you. We're confronting you with the lack of winsomeness and niceness. Intervention. Yeah, yeah. yeah this mm -hmm. is an intervention. Yeah, intervention. <laughs> and. And our, you know, and, and so the language that Christian, it's like, it's like they can emasculate 12 year olds. They can abort and, and kill and take away and sell body parts from babies. And then we come along and point out in a colorful manner, like, like a prophet, like Ezekiel, like, you know, Elijah point out in a colorful manner that, Hey, look what you're doing is wicked and evil. And then Christians attack Christians for, yeah, for not, know, being being, nice. not being nice. Yeah. And that's what you got with Russell Moore and some of these other larger evangelicals, Ed Stetzer and some of these larger evangelicals who are, who are making that argument. So, um, Speaking of prophets. Speaking of. So, uh, you're a prophet. Yeah. And you're kind of like, we, we look at you as like Obadiah, <laughs> right? So, you know, you know, Obadiah had like, he yeah. hid his prophets in the, in the cave. You remember that? Keep I from do. Ahab yeah. and, <laughs> and so you're like the head prophet. <laughs> And then you got all these Babylon B guys that you got in caves that yeah. you try to keep safe and you're feeding them, right? You're paying their salaries. Yeah. You know, you okay. feed Kyle. And we, we do occasionally pay them. When they start complaining, yeah, we'll pay them. <laughs> Just like Obadiah. You'll bring them bread and water. Yeah. Um, you know, so do you kind of see a little bit of what you're doing is kind of being prophetic in that sense? Not we aren't talking about, you know. I mean, it's an old thing. You know, Shakespeare who said, jesters do oft prove prophets, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, jokes. Uh, mm -hmm. Jokes ride on the back of the truth, and so um, it's it's hmm. you know it's one of those things that we get criticized for is having jokes that are too believable. But jokes have to be true, or they're not funny. Right. That's what makes them funny. So uh, when you're riding on the back of the truth, sometimes the truth catches up to you. And if you're if you're heading at breakneck speed towards insanity and absurdity, then your exaggerations of the truth don't stay exaggerations for very long. So yeah, they people, become real. Yeah. They become people real. constantly like hold my beer. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happens a lot. Yeah, we track it. We have dozens and dozens of them. Ha. But did you prophesy that you're going to get kicked off Twitter? Uh, I, I, I figured we would get kicked off Twitter eventually. Yeah. Um, it was only a matter of time because 
You know, Are you going to get reinstated on I don't Friday? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's very possible. I don't know how quickly that will happen, yeah, but it, yeah. it's looking like the must deal is a done deal now. He's at Twitter headquarters today. Yeah. So. Well, the did, you see, did you yeah. see him walk in with yeah. a sink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> he's like acting out a meme right now. I know, right? Um, he's got a great sense of humor. Speaking of profits, you know, like acting yeah. things out, like here, yeah. this is my sink. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't predict like how it would happen, when it would happen, whatever, yeah. but... I figured that eventually one of our guys would make a joke that was interpreted the wrong way or was worded the wrong way. They don't run it all by me. We don't have a discussion about every joke. Um, the joke that we got locked out for, I didn't review before it went up there. Mm -hmm. um, what was it? What was it? It was the assistant secretary. Yeah, uh, it was Rachel Levine, the transgender health admiral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, USA Today named Rachel Levine Woman of the Year. And then... Uh, Just and fake then, news. And then we yeah, an which we is real misinformation. Fake news. <laughs> yeah. That's fake news. Harmful yeah. misinformation. We um, a slap in the face to women everywhere. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Um, and uh, and we responded to that by naming Rachel Levine Man of the Year. Right. So. Right. Uh, and and that, Twitter's like, Ely. yeah. Twitter said that was hateful conduct, and uh, and they. But what they said, they didn't delete it. They, and this is where it, it goes kind of beyond like just censorship. You know, like censorship yeah. would have been them taking it down yeah. and saying you can't say that on our platform. But what they did was they, they sent us a notice and said that um, if we want to get if we want to use the platform again, we have to delete that tweet and acknowledge that we engaged in hateful conduct. You have like, to so do. We have to do that. We do penance. We have to, so. yeah, yeah, we have to admit that we were wrong. Like, right. Isn't it by deleting the yeah. tweet yourself? So they make you delete the tweet, yeah. and that is a confirmation. Yeah, that's so, repentance. Yeah. Right. We they were, want repentance. Did you have to come on your they knees They want you to as bend well? the knee. Yeah, they want you to like, bend the knee, yeah. kiss the ring, whatever. So yeah. we refused to do that, and um, and so we've been locked out of Twitter ever since ever yeah. since March. Is your account still there? It's still there. It's still there, and that tweet is still there. I could delete it right now while we're talking. Yeah. Right. But we've refused to delete it because right. we don't want to admit that we engage in hateful conduct. Right. It's it's a the thing is our joke was was actually this is where we, it goes back to being rooted in the truth, right? The joke we made was that Rachel Levine is man of the year. Well, I mean Rachel Levine is an adult human male, right. which yeah. is the dictionary definition of man. Right. Right. So our joke was true. Right. Mm -hmm. And there. So it wasn't and, just a joke. And USA it was Today true. was false. I know. Yeah. USA Today state was actually like factually inaccurate. Right. Yeah. Our joke was true, but the truth. Is now hate speech. Yeah. So that's a disconcerting place to be in. Yeah. Um, and, but we're not going along with that and admitting that the truth is hate speech. Right. We're right. saying yeah. we're standing our ground and saying no, the truth is not hate speech, and we're not going to admit that it is. Right. Yeah. Which, it, you know, and in the world we're living in, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th yeah. thank yeah. you for not caving yeah. because far too many Christians get told, "Hey, that hurt my feelings. That yeah. wasn't nice." A lot of people were. Yeah, and they apologize. And then they and apologize and yeah. grovel. Yeah. And um, and that's how we got here. Um, yeah. Blaine, you run the Idaho Family Policy Center um, here in Idaho. You have also run into um, the uh, loving tranny drag queen Buzzsaw. Yes. Um, <laughs> tell us how that's going in Idaho. What's the latest on that? Well, so up in Coeur d'Alene this past summer, a male, biologically male drag performer exposed his genitalia on stage. Yeah. Fell out of his woman's panties while he was strip teasing at the public park. But was it on family stage. friendly? Of course it was. Okay. That's what the city flyers <laughs> said. It was family friendly. Oh my gracious. Um, he is suing a blogger up here in Coeur d'Alene who took that. video of the incident and then released that video. He's suing her for defamation. <laughs> and uh, just craziness. Wow. Craziness. We launched a petition on this issue 
a couple months ago when down in Boise, the Boise Pride Festival uh, was considering having a kids drag event where they were mm -hmm. gonna have children on stage dressed in drag, engaging in sexually explicit behavior yeah. <laughs> on stage. We launched a petition, we gotta take care of this. We've actually had one of the Pride Festivals contact us and tell us that we are actively defaming them oh. because of our petition and demanding that we apologize, of course, <laughs> and retract the petition, which we're not going to do because, let's be honest, drag does not belong in public places where right. children are present. Right, mm -hmm. man. But so, Blaine, don't you think, like, I mean, is law really going to fix the long-term problem here? I mean, because I feel like in some sense we're losing having to codify you know, drag shows under 12 years old, making that illegal, we're losing trying to codify that in the law. Why, why don't obscenity laws already, like, completely drive this out? Yeah, so we used to have a law in the books dealing with cross-dressing. That was gotten rid of in the 1970s after a Supreme Court decision said that you have a constitutional right to cross-dress. Okay. Um, so the obscenity, free speech. yes, uh, free, speech. Free, free speech, free expression. Mm, wow. So your dress is part of your expression that's protected by the First Amendment no matter how crazy it is. So then I didn't have to wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, boom. There we go. So our obscenity laws are woefully inadequate to address this problem. I agree with you. I mean, this is a cultural issue. It's exposing the deep rot. The fact that parents are taking kids to these events, that's deep rot in our culture for yeah. sure. However, our laws need to protect public virtue. Our laws need to protect public morality, and they need to protect the innocence of kids and make sure, I mean, this does not belong in public parks. So what do you, so you got people who are saying, well, these are my kids. I, if I wanna take them to this event, uh, why are you stopping me from taking my kids to an event that I think that they need to experience? What, what gives you the right to make laws to stop me from raising kids the way that I want to raise my kids. I don't stop you from raising kids the way that you want to raise your kids. Yeah, we don't allow kids to go to strip clubs. We don't allow kids to go to adult movie stores. We recognize that there are certain places, right? Kids need to be protected from aberrant forms of sexuality. We've long recognized that. In fact, our state constitution identifies that the first, the first responsibility of good government is to protect the purity of the home and mm -hmm. to protect public virtue. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to get back purity to that. Purity of the home. Yep. Purity of the home. Yep. So do they define what purity of the home is? They don't, but I mean, we can look at our history and tradition in our constitutional system, and part of that would be things like aberrant, deviant sexual behaviors, yeah. right? These don't belong in public. But it does, after it says purity of the home, it does go on and talk about um, marriage and family. Right. Yep. Um, and all, obviously, back then, it was assuming marriage between man and a woman. Part of, the, so part of the problem, part of the problem we're running into, though, is, is I mean, it, it was interesting to watch that Boise Pride um, episode, that situation where we, it, um, the kids' drag show got canceled. It did. Yeah. Um, there was enough of a backlash, which was, wow, okay, like we can actually do something. But to didn't the kids over, still make up on stage or something? They did. Yeah, we had it. kids up on stage with the drag performers in women's lingerie, totally, you know, not, I mean, not nudity, but I mean, exposing themselves in sexual ways. We had over 26,000 Idahoans use our action center yeah. to send emails to the to the sponsors of Boise Pride, asking them wow. to cut ties with right. Boise Pride. A lot of sponsors did, a lot of sponsors buckled down, yeah. and we ended up, Idaho Family Policy Center, ended up getting canceled from our CRM and our advocacy platform because, in yeah. part, mm -hmm. of wow. that discrimination against the LGBT community. Not on me, they made their own CRM platform, and maybe you could help them out. <laughs> there we go. Our own CRM. I think I remember talking to, I well, talked to. Oh, well, um, for delivering emails and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not a full suite like it's, you probably had with, yeah. with your service provider. Yeah. 
But the point is, you guys. But yeah, but if you build your own infrastructure, got canceled from Mailchimp. Yeah. Right, and so you guys had to build your own infrastructure for this. The thing that I was want to point out though is, is again, like we've been having these pride events, and then it's the kids is when finally everybody's like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Bridge too far. What are you gonna, you're gonna do with that with our kids? And the thing that I keep, keep yeah. wanting to press on conservatives and Christians is like, okay, I get that. I mean, I feel that and I'm grateful. Like, yeah, don't do that to the kids. But you can't say that this is a perfectly reasonable um, life choice for an adult and then deny them the right to talk to kids about it. That's right. If it's an actual right. option, like uh, among the options that you can choose as, a, as an upstanding citizen of this country or this state, you know, you can be a Christian man or a woman or a lesbian or a bisexual or a transsexual, whatever. But if you're 12 and under. But, it, but yeah, you can't say then, but you can't talk to kids about those options if those are actually options. Yeah. Well, we, what about we, like, I mean, like gambling? Like adults right. can go to casinos and gamble right. uh, or they can buy alcohol or whatever. But it's still restricted. Kids can't do it. Right. And they're, they're never going to be kid. allowed to do it. And no one's really trying to argue that kids should be allowed to come to casinos and also gamble. Right. I mean, you have a clear, like, yeah. separation there. But and it can be maintained. Right. But, what I mean, morally, is there anything wrong with um, if a mom brings her five-year-old um, and does a few slots with their five-year-old? Are we saying there's something morally problematic with that? Well, I mean, uh, kids have always been restricted from gambling. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sure you can make a moral argument against gambling for children. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not a very, it's guess, not a very wise way to teach your kids about financial right. management, right? But I, but I guess my point <laughs> is, is that the, the yeah, I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm a pastor. I'm not. In, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's advocating just, for just child gambling. That's what he's saying. I heard it. I heard it. But my, but my point is that the mor- moral line runs. It's the same line running all the way through. From, yeah. Like so, my objection to an adult gambling, I would yeah. like, I would is like, is is would be the same as a kid gambling. It's not like when oh, you can do. It's fine for you to completely, you know, throw away your life savings when you're, you know, twenty, you know, twenty one or whatever age is okay. But at you know at seven, you, you can't. Mm-hmm. No, I would, I would be against the sin of. Um, being foolishness, fiscally yeah, yeah. irresponsible across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I'm, and I'm saying in this case with with transgenderism or sexual immorality, it's a sin across the board. Right, right. And and you can't say it's okay here, yeah. and then say, but and you you may not talk to your kids about that. Um, it's the David French problem. What, what's the David French problem? You remember um, he was advocating that a good classical um, liberal society. Should oh, have no problem of drag, qu- drag queens drag in queens libraries. The yeah. blessings of liberty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the blessings of liberty. Yeah. Classical. Liberty. Don't say that. Yeah. Stop it. That was I, was. I almost forgot that he said that. Yeah. <laughs> the blessings of liberty. Blaine, what do you think is what do you think is driving the whole transgender movement right now? And, and I guess what's driving it? And then what do you think is coming next if it gets what it wants legally? Yeah, I think it's a slippery slope that's a lot slipperier than we ever realized, right? I don't think anyone would have thought, I mean, conservatives for decades leading up to Obergefell said that gay marriage would end up here. I don't think anyone realized how fast we would end up here, right? Where you have kids mm-hmm. on stage yep. twerking next to grown men who, I mean, let's be honest, and I know this, this is hard content, but the, the scientific literature shows drag is a sexual fetish. 
And when mm. kids are in the audience, when they're on stage, when they're participating in that, there are huge ethical concerns with that, right? So that slippery slope was a lot slipperier than we ever realized. And we, I mean, we need to do everything we can to protect those kids. What do you think is coming after I mean, it, though? Isn't, isn't this a setup for, I mean, is, aren't we just talking about the next letter being pedophilia? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, you just saw, you know, in, in New York, man, a couple weeks ago where um, the housing board recognized a polyamorous relationship for the purpose of housing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're heading in that direction so quick. Of course, pedophilia, bestiality, all these things. I mean, you know, that's where it goes. Christopher Rufo, what's the guy's name? Yeah, Christopher yeah, Rufo. Rufo. Yeah. Um, did a great article just a couple of days ago on the history of drag. And he traces it just crystal clear that from jump, it was about pushing sexual limits into um, pedophilia and bestiality. Wow. There's not, it was, it, it, it's not, it's not even hidden. Like it's in published works. Mm -hmm. It's a great article and it's terrifying. The Marxist <laughs> idea of deconstructing right. sexual morality, right. right? By, by pushing those limits, by being, um, by being a revolutionary, doing things that are totally transgressive so that you right. destroy the traditional family and all the morality that supports it. I think we're getting, this goes back to kind of what Pastor Toby was saying. I think we get the understanding of mutilating children. I think we get the understanding of, you know, kids on stage doing twerking and the whole drag thing. But then we don't look at the gay pride and say, wait a second, that is just as immoral. We shouldn't even have gay pride. That should be illegal. Right? Like, why do we have gay pride events? This is what's leading to that. Why are we looking at all that and say, well, what's the cause of this? And going all the way to the root of the problem and saying, oh, we have gay pride events. Well, what's causing that? Why, why wouldn't we say, okay, we got to stop. No more gay pride parades. Well, right? I think that, that it, it shows you how much conservatives and Christians have been pushed to where our line is now. Right. It yeah. used to be. I remember back in growing up in Texas, my dad, and we'd go hand out tracks at, at, at parades like that. And we knew that that was wrong then. Right. Yeah, but I guess, um, but, but, it, but I think it's part of like, so you remember the shop teacher in Canada? Um, the, the goes, <laughs> goes to class with the big prosthetic, I mean, you know, massive chest. And finally, all these Canadians are like. <laughs> that's, that's a bridge too far. That's a bridge too far. <laughs> Trudeau's horses trampling over our people and right. a trucker convoy, not a big deal. But the massive prosthetic, you know, breasted dude in shop class. And it's because we've been conditioned and we haven't been exercising our faith to push back. So, Seth, like, we, when we talk about, every time we talk about this, all I can see, like, blackface in America is clear. Mm -hmm. Can't nobody run around with blackface on without anybody saying, whoa, bro, that is racist, you need to take it off. Like, the whitest dude, country bumpkin dude, back in the backwoods would be like, hey, bro, what you trouble. doing? Can't run around here looking like that? Like, <laughs> he would have a problem with it. And so we got that understanding. And I'm like, how do we take and communicate that this, what we see in the transgender, the cross-dressing thing is blackface for women. How do we merge that together in some way to be like, see, get the point? This is, these yeah. two are. Well, I mean, there's not, uh, what you're talking about is like an evenly applied standard. Never mind, never mind. Yeah. In that case, we're doomed. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it Biden who said they don't have just one standard, they have double standards, that's twice as good? Um, I, don't, I don't think he actually said oh, that. Oh man, that's um, good I could, I could see good. him saying that. Oh um, man. But you know, it's it, the, the idea that you, you this putting on woman face, I think is a good way of putting it. A lot of yeah. women, that was actually trending on Twitter the other day, woman face, because so many people were objecting to this stuff. Oh wow. Um, there is a lot of pushback on that. The problem is, it's the people that are in, in the positions of power that decide whether or not these things are wrong mm -hmm. or right. And that can change. I mean, a lot of these people that are making these decisions 
were wearing blackface and comedy sketches, you know, right. 10, 15 right. years right. ago. Right. 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 In college photos yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and they had no problem with it then. Now they do. Who knows? Who knows what they'll have a problem with tomorrow? The problem is, the thing is, it's arbitrary. Right. Um, they draw the lines wherever they want. They were on the That's wrong right. side of whatever lines they draw two days ago. Right. You'll be on the wrong side of them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no, it, there is no, this is the problem. When you, when you divorce yourself from objective reality, from objective truth, right. you end up floating around in space with no, no anchor. You don't no, know which right. way's up, which right. way's down. Right. Uh, and so you're, you're never going to be able to apply standards evenly which, in an environment like that. Which actually destroys humor. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's not a fixed reality and a shared standard, then you can't, like you yeah, can't even t- you can't even tell a joke. Yeah, because you don't like if you're not if you don't share a vision of reality, then you're not sure you're communicating. It just, it certainly destroys morality. Right. Because you can't say that that one uh, that any type of behavior is better than or preferable to another. Right. Uh, in an environment where you've detached yourself from objective right. moral but, truth. But uh, but gravity still works. Yeah. Right. So comedy still uh, works. Yeah. Right. Like. So does morality. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. You still have yeah. you still have the negative outcomes that right. come from deviating That's from right. the right. truth, right. and they will catch up to us. I mean, if you look at the, the transgender, you ask where it's going. Well, if, if when you talk about like where it's going in terms of like pedophilia or whatever, that's one thing. But if you ask where it's going in terms of what the outcomes are for yeah. these kids, I think we're going to find 10 years from now, 15 years from now, these kids that are being transitioned at young ages, put right. on puberty blockers, right. they're having surgical procedures at 15, yeah. 16, 17. Yeah. The whole thing is about what they try to guilt you with is if you don't do this, they'll kill themselves. Right. Right. If you don't do it, would you rather have a dead son or a living daughter? Right. You know, yeah. That's what they yeah. say. Yeah. That's yeah. a Fox but News report. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's well, but yeah. then you get let's let's fast forward ten years down the road and see right. where this leads us. Right. You know, I, I think it's going to lead us to death and despair. Right. So on, a, on a massive Absolutely. scale. Yeah. With, with the way this right. is ramping up. Right. Um, Jason Whitlock talks about this. He says there's a few people who've had license in the society to speak clearly and they haven't. Pastors were one of them, and comedians were the other ones. Mm. Now, what's been really shocking to me... Who said this? Jason Whitlock. Okay, yeah, I know Jason. Yeah, Yeah, one that's been really shocking to me has been watching the fact that black comedians used to have a license to talk about whatever they wanted to talk about because they themselves were a protected class. So they could say whatever they wanted to, and now... The, this whole transgender thing and the cross-dressing and the, the drag queen story is hilarious. Has mm-hmm. all kinds of jokes in it, yep. and none of them will say anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Except well, Dave Chappelle. Except right. <laughs> yeah. Well, da- like yeah. Dave Chappelle's the hero now. Like yeah. really? Like, how did that happen? He wasn't. No one would I mean, have said ten years him, ago. But, like you know. that's gonna be the new Richard Pryor right there. That wasn't <laughs> where it was going. What What's happened to comedians and? What's, what's it going to take for them to wake up and start telling the jokes? Because it seems like they're going to be the ones who help put shame back into the culture. I, lo- I love the way that you, you put that. Um, I, I've said this before. It sounds negative. Bring back shame. I've said that yeah. many, many times. Yeah. Bring yeah. back shame. Um, you know, the, Guilt and shame. And not in the, not in the negative way I, where, yeah, you, yeah. where yeah. you want no. people to be burdened with their shame. But, but there is, in fact, shameful behavior. Oh, right. the, the left believes they're shameful That's behavior. Right. They That's think a, certain things are shameful. You got kicked off because of what of they consider shameful. You've got to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I should be ashamed <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, right, right. right. Um, but the, the comedian is interesting. I, I did have this, I had a conversation about this with Joe Rogan. When he, he was talking about, mm. before I came on his show, he was talking about how woke stuff is the funniest stuff. And he used a different word, but I won't use it here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> woke stuff is the funniest stuff. Comedians should be making fun of it, right. and they aren't. And the Babylon Bee is funny because it does. Right. Um, mm. I think, and this is what I argued with him, and he actually disagreed with me, but I think that comedians, satirists, more, probably even more so than comedians in general, but satirists in particular, 
have a moral responsibility to mock this stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we have a moral mm -hmm. responsibility mm -hmm. for it. Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, we have this, we have this crazy idea. Somehow it got into our heads that we're more moral as a society because we make fun of fewer things. We're mm -hmm. hands off on stuff. Yeah. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm. You know, like we're advancing. We're becoming more civilized. We're more sensitive to other. Right. We want. We're giving everybody a safe space. We're tolerant. Yeah. We're loving. We're affirmative. Right. Right. But what, what ends up happening is you end up affirming and accepting what you should be ridiculing and rejecting. Right. Mm. Right. We're not. We're not right. ridiculing and rejecting these things that we mm. should. Mm. Well, so and this is and what it's led to is. And this is the way that I put it when I was talking with Joe. I said, the absurd has only become sacred because it hasn't been sufficiently mocked. Mm. The absurd has become sacred because I, I yeah. believe that's yeah. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, these, these wow. ideas, that the idea that a three-year-old can transition, well, why is that a popular idea? How did we end up where comedians won't even touch that topic? Right. And now it's a mainstream thing that no one even thinks of. Right. You know, kids soak up these ideas now and take them seriously. Why do yeah. we take them seriously? Well, because we didn't make fun of them. Right. That's yeah. We right. should have. That's right. right. Well, yeah. And had we, also, we, we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah. We also didn't make fun of what came before that. Right. 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 As right. we were talking right. about, we didn't make fun of the transgendered dude. We didn't right. make fun of the gay yeah. lover. We didn't make fun of all the societal... We didn't make fun of critical race theory. Critical well, race theory. Right. Race <laughs> but, but, but an important point to make, though, is when I, we talk about the mockery, you know, I, the way... I. I I frame it in terms of it's the moral case for mockery, yeah. right? The moral case for mockery. Yeah. But we're not talking about mocking people to be mean and put them down and hurt them. Right. You know, because I've had people come up to me. I, I, yeah. I spoke recently at uh, Stanford. I have no idea why they let me on Stanford yeah. campus. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. I slipped through the cracks. They didn't know who you were. Yeah, yeah I guess not. <laughs> I'm not popular enough to draw the big, you know, protests yeah. at Stanford. Um, but they let me speak there. A bunch of students stormed out while I was in the middle of talking about how safe spaces are stupid, which yeah. is ironic. Good job. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good. But I did. At the end of my talk, I had I had one of the students come up to the microphone and ask me, you know, how I sleep at night when right. I'm being mean so by mean. mocking yeah. people. She said she was bullied when she was younger, and that's all I'm doing is bullying people. Right. And I'm going to be responsible for deaths and suicide <laughs> and all this stuff. And I said, look, you know, there are harmful, bad ideas that need to be ridiculed. And it's not in, in the key word. There's ideas. Right. Mm -hmm. These are ideas that they're trying to plant in the minds right. of children. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. We're trying to cultivate confusion in their minds and right. then treat it with irreversible damage. Right. These surgeries that last for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's insane. If there's nothing more deserving of contempt and mockery than that. Right. And that's not mocking a person right. for their appearance or right. whatever. It's mocking an idea that deserves to be mocked. Right. And so you have to make that distinction between the two. The, the, the goal of it is not to make people hurt. Right. The goal is to, is to prevent these children from being hurt by right. bad ideas. Right. And I don't mind that well, being a distinction. Um, but also, I mean, Jesus straight up mocked the Pharisees. Well, that's what I was about to say. So I, I think that the, it's a distinction of, you know, where your serrated edge is going, the target that it is. Yeah. So who's your target Christ, matters. Christian mockery must always remember that the, that all people are made in the image of God. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. we're we're not to mock that. Yeah. But I think someone an Im, an image bearer who's doing something ridiculous, mm -hmm. awful that's going to bring mass destruction. And who's a leader in that movement can be mocked. Should be mocked. That's actually where I want to well, go. So here, well, here, but here's the, the example that I gave this particular student who was saying, you know, she was bullied. She said she was bullied because she, when she was younger, she had a really deep voice, she had buck teeth, whatever. It was right. her appearance. People right. were making fun sure. of her appearance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, you know, if you walked up to me and I made fun of how you look just to make you feel bad, that'd be pretty cruel. But if you came up to me and you told me that you were a man, and I said, no, you're a woman. Right. Am I being mean and cruel or am I saying the truth? Right. That's right. I'm just saying the truth. And right. I'm not saying it to be hurtful. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, that is not an insult. 
the mm -hmm. same way it is to pick, to pick at someone's appearance right. and say, right. you know, you're, you're ugly. Right. Uh, I, I can't stand looking at you. You're hideous. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, that's yeah. just me. Right, right. But if you tell somebody the truth, that's that's not insulting them. Right. No. Uh, when it comes to who they are, who God made them. Right. You know, God made this person a woman. For yeah. me to affirm that is much more loving than affirming the lie that yeah. they're actually a man. That's yeah. absolutely true. But there's a certain place that that serrated edge, when you take the tip of that and when you stab it into the people who, like for instance, in um, Little Mermaid, all I can think that about is like the That sounds like a call witch. to violence right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Metaphorical. Metaphorical. There are doctors out there who want the souls of these kids. Right. There, there are people. And they'll literally there, cut their and, and they, junk they, off they to will get cut, it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. those are certain groups of people that there are wickedness. That is the people who are killing these little babies in the womb. The people who are transforming themselves. There's a certain group of people out there that are not after any moral good. They are wicked, and we yeah. need to be able yeah. to to mock them in that type of way that is going directly at them. I like. I, I, I like you. Sorry. Uh, no. One, one second. Yeah. I like the. Uh, the analogy of the knife though, like think of the knife metaphorically because you know, this is what they're trying to suggest that we're doing as satirists. What they're trying to say that we're doing is we're running up to people and stabbing them to hurt them. Right. right. I look at satire very differently. I think satire uses a knife and it stings and it cuts, right. but much more like a surgeon who's trying to cut out that's a right. cancer that's that's right. exactly so that right. it doesn't kill the host. Yeah, that's, that's, right. Right. that's right. So it's a, it's a cut with a healing purpose, right. if Thanks. that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a cut intended to wound. Yeah. Right. And if you, if you look at a doctor out of context, you know, maybe you zoom in a little bit too close, you can't see that it's a doctor and you see him cutting flesh, you it see looks blood. like he's wounding yeah. somebody. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But, he's, but if you zoom out a little bit, you understand, oh, this is someone, this is someone who's, yeah. who's working on a patient that yeah. needs healing. Those are two very different things. And I think the moral concern of the satirist is to is to it's really what they're doing is we're wedding wit with moral concern and using the knife as a scalpel yeah, yeah i think jesus mocks the pharisees yep. for and their, then the lawyer comes up and the, he mocks the lawyer for, for the long you know their long yeah. robes yeah. um their prayers in public the way they give alms you know blowing a trumpet i'm about to give an offering everybody look i mean jesus yeah. is a satirist yeah um he says that you know you tithe you know on your spice rack and you're swallowing camels in your cereal. Right. You know, I mean, it, right. it, I mean, he's he's mocking them, but not because he hates. I mean, he was very kind to Nicodemus, mm -hmm. who's a Pharisee. Right. Um, the woman at the well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I think there's a there. Ab what drove Jesus to mock? Love. 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 Right. I mean, he wanted he telling the truth. What you're doing with these things, with your robes, with your prayers, with your alms giving, with all these things, That's is. Right. Um, crushing people. You're devouring people. You're devouring widows, even, yeah. he says. Mm -hmm. um, I was also thinking of the scalpel language. You know, Paul in, in uh, Galatians, yeah, I mean, right. I mean he, he says, talking about, you know, talking about Judaizers, these mm -hmm. Christians who thought you, you had, you know, they believe in Jesus, but they said you have to get circumcised in order to be a real Christian, like mm -hmm. the inner circle Christian. And Paul says, you guys are messing up the gospel. Christ is enough. Christ is sufficient. Mm -hmm. Faith in Jesus is what gets you in. And he says, I, was, I just wish they would go the whole way. Cut it all off. Get this, you know, be sloppy with the scalpel. Yep. And in the very, <laughs> in the very next few verses, he talks about not biting and devouring one another, yeah. and, right. and making sure that your speech is is gracious. There's a certain yeah. target there so that he's going after. Paul's not being schizophrenic there. Paul's <laughs> saying what you're doing is you're you're mutilating the body of Christ. So maybe you ought to finish it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but but that's not at all opposed to Christians who are committed to having purity in their speech. Yeah, and yeah. to say someone. Blake, I got to ask you, man. So you got to tell me, how long is it before you think Republicans go trans? Oh, man. Mm. <laughs> well, you're in Idaho, man. Yeah, you're we're a prophet, so you're next. I want to know what you're <laughs> We're seeing it, right? 
I mean, look at what happened last legislative session in the state of Idaho. We had the bill to stop sex changes for kids, and we had the bill to ban porn in public libraries and schools where children can access it. And we had an entire body of our state legislature hold up those bills and make it impossible to get through. Was that the Senate or the legislature? That was the Senate. Yep. Yep. So uh, predominantly so Republican. Predominantly Republican. So you're saying it's here? I think it's here, man. Um, you know, we, t I had. I had conversations with Republican legislators who would tell me, Blaine, I don't want my kids to go through those sex changes, but I understand why a parent mm. would, would do that. I get oh, it. That's wow. in, We need to be compassionate toward those people. It's here. I mean, it's infiltrated you know, us. Blaine, I think, I'm just thinking, after listening to Seth, we, I'm on the board of Idaho Family Policy Center. I think maybe we should think about hiring a satirist mm. <laughs> <laughs> as one of our next hires. <laughs> Can, can we uh, add that to the uh, fundraising goals? I love I'll, it. I'll pitch in on that one, whatever the budget is. Yeah. I love Sorry, it. I interrupted I was, you. I, no, but I was going to ask you, like, you know, if there was something that was going to stop the Republican Party from going trans, what would it be? Because it didn't stop them from going gay. But if it's already here, then is there any, how, do you, how do you pull that back? Well, I think just the egregiousness of having kids up on stage with drag queens was a pretty big wake-up call. Um, you know, the, the grassroots, they were, they were angered, they were upset. Um, legislators who had become pretty comfortable with these yeah, topics yeah. were really starting to push back. I think that that might be a turning point in the state that allows us to leverage and to make, make sure that these but reforms again, get that's in place. Like, that's like the dude showing up at shop class. No, it's with, it's the wake up call, the bucks man. Of, you know. Yeah, you for it sure it's the wake up call where, I mean, you are almost falling off the cliff and you feel the rock start to... So we actually had a real shake there. there I was think a real so. Break. So then, because I was going to ask, like, do we need to go ahead, at least in Idaho, do we need to say, well, it's time to clean out a legislator? Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> we always need to do that, right? The, the mm. price of liberty is eternal vigilance. And, and when we use the term liberty, we talk about ordered liberty, right? right? The freedom to do that which is right, the freedom yep. to act within Amen. the bounds of God's law. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to preserve that for future generations, we must clean house constantly. They don't yeah. like you much, do they? I know statesmen. We just got written up, Blaine and I together. We're yeah. yep. going to end up in the same cell. Good partners. Think, but yeah, the yeah. Idaho, what was it? Statesman. 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 They, down they in Boise. They wrote up a story about us and they said unstatesman they, they said they were saying crazy things like we believe that like um only the christian god sent his son to die for your sins yeah we're gonna start sending the mormons to, hol I mean, to the holocaust is that crazy? That's crazy right and and also we think that god's word should be the standard for public morality yeah and what was funny in that article <laughs> was that you guys are you know idaho family policy centers trying to you know ban transgender drag shows in, in idaho and then they compared that ban <laughs> To, hey, Mormons, watch out. You could lose your right to vote in Idaho yeah. if, if Blaine gets his way eventually. Talk about fear mongering. That's what they compared yeah. in the, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, they exaggerate everything. They, they, they suggested that the Roe v. Wade, uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade was a, a flat out abortion ban across the board and that it would criminalize miscarriage. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. 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 That's right. Right. Yeah. It's also uh, criminalizing gravity and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think, okay, so that you talked about Idaho. Do you think that the Republican Party as a whole, do you think it's already gone that way too? Yeah, I think so. So you had um, Ronna McDaniel, who is the chairwoman of the RNC, this year tweet out a celebration of pride. Mm -hmm. The chairwoman yep. of the they Republican June. National June. Yep. Yep. Committee. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, we... Of pride. Well, because I don't, I don't think conservatives understand how much the homosexual um, tentacles have inroads in the Republican Party. Well, that's, but We've that's, been talking about this. I mean, Daily Wire, uh -huh. uh, The Blaze, Dave Rubin. PragerU. I mean, you know, Jordan Peterson, PragerU, who we interviewed Dennis Prager a couple weeks ago. 
I mean, the homosexual influence is deep in the Republican Party. We had Denise McAllister on. You got Trump. You got Trump who's Trump. running around with the he was log cabin oh, yeah. Republicans. He's so he's he's throwing parties for log cabin Republicans. Yeah. So that, that, so that makes me say like, okay, you got Trump or DeSantis twenty twenty four. Who 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 would you want? Sir, so, so, <laughs> we will raise you. He got a whole, got a whole campaign for DeSantis. He's I, lined up. Yeah, Florida, come on. I absolutely love DeSantis. I I want DeSantis to stay in Florida a little longer, being selfish. Oh, you oh, that is selfish. Uh, That's not very Christian of you. I want to I want to keep him. Um, Smart move. Yeah, I mean our state has has benefited dramatically under his yeah. leadership. So. Um, I mean, we were opened up when a lot of people were closed down. Mm -hmm. Now they're trying to say, Chris just said in their debate the other day that, uh, that DeSantis was the only governor in Florida's history to lock it down, to lock down the state. Yeah. And he's like, and uh, Chris is the one, and Democrats in general, wanted those lockdowns to go on indefinitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we would yeah. still be locked down right. if yeah. people weren't pushing back on that madness. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to make my pick uh, right now, but uh, <laughs> you, you were raising your. Where's your prophecy and satirist spirit? Come on. <laughs> Keep an eye out for like, the jokes and like see if you can try to discern where we're going with it. <laughs> oh, nice, Blaine. Who you got? Man, I'm. <laughs> that's a. DeSantis obviously is an effective governor, right? He he understands first principles in a way that maybe Donald Trump. He got doesn't. there. Let me just say he got there. Yeah, he understands first. He, he did shut down his state. He did. He did. Yeah, in a way that. Mm, yeah, he got there. He got there though. I, I'm happy where he's got. got so there. Gabe has. So, it. Yeah, you know what Gabe is doing right now, right? He started. He, he started a whole campaign. Patriots to try for DeSantis. It. Patriots for DeSantis. Yes, to try and push it. Trump out. It's like, he's trying to steal governor. Mm -hmm. right, and right, and he wants sure. DeSantis to come. So in I, I started the grassroots um, movement to get. Uh, Ron DeSantis it's just him by himself. Right? But, but, <laughs> no, no, no. There's, 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 there's more okay. Your mom signed up. Okay, you got it. Sure. And my sister. No. But, but, but here's all the, here's, three of his kids. Here's the thing. Yeah, they didn't even know it. I, just, I, made, I, I started email Scoop addresses. Scoop your name on this. Um, uh, so I have this massive fleshly desire to see President Trump get elected and go in and just Quentin Tarantino all of D.C. Um, I would. That's a uh, verb. Yeah, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, it, you know. Okay. Um, but I think, given the current um, situation, and I would like to see Trump get back on that horse. I mean, I think there's a number of reasons why I'd like to see Trump reelected. Uh, but I also think all his weaknesses in office are all Ron DeSantis' strengths. Yep. And we need eight years of that, and not four years of Trump. Yep. To, I mean, we need we need fifty years of of you know Jesus turned over tables in DC I mean we just need a lot of work done so I, I I think Trump's weakness is what got him where he was in office with platforming Fauci and not dealing with any of that problem um, uh, the military um, and, and a lot of that I think is what kind of got him out of office I believe I believe the election was rigged but I also believe that oh, if the we got and this if ain't going there, right. we, there we go again. Yeah. But I also believe you ain't getting that YouTube, you get that Twitter channel back. I'm yeah. sorry, <laughs> you're, you're done. You're done. You're done. Um, but I also believe um, that even if the election wasn't rigged, um, Trump would have had a hard time getting reelected given um, his weaknesses and how he handled the pandemic and Fauci and all, all that right. stuff. So, another, another question. Next, right. next, just general question. Big, big picture landscape. This is for both of you guys. So, so um, whoever wants to jump in first, Musk is taking over Twitter. Um, Yee, Yay. 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 Kanye, 
is taking over so parlor. So white, Toby. Uh, yeah. Ye. <laughs> Ye? <laughs> <coughs> parlor, does this give you hope for free speech and the breakup of the Silicon Monopoly? Who should go first? Go for it. Uh, well, I have a, I'm very optimistic about the state of speech um, and its future uh, because I think that, you know, a lot of the and we've been involved in this. I mean, we're part of the reason that, that Musk is taking this action. I think mm -hmm. you know, he's he was really he was worked up about the fact that we got suspended. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you know he uh, he calls himself a free speech absolutist. Uh, I don't know if I don't know exactly what he means by that. Um, Let's find out. But you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got to be it's better be than tested. whatever's going on right <laughs> yeah, now. It's going to be tested, right? Um, he wants to see he wants to see vigorous debate. You know, both sides represented, um, and and that there should there should be healthy dialogue about these things rather than one side controlling the conversation. Mm -hmm. So if someone like him is in control of a platform like Twitter, I think it's a good thing. I, I do think that these platforms, if we're talking about where is the public square in the modern age, where does it exist? Is it is it a physical place in the town square, or is it a digital space now, where yeah. we're all where where the vast majority of public discourse, not just between private citizens, but between government officials and private citizens, is happening? Right. It's online. Yeah. It's on these platforms. Right. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on YouTube. Whatever. Um, and so if free speech doesn't exist there, it doesn't exist anymore in the public square. Mm -hmm. So something needs to be done about that. And I think a lot of people understand that. I think Justice Thomas gets that. I think you know, he's waiting <coughs> on like, the, the potential of common carrier doctrine applying to right. these, to these right. platforms. Right. Mm -hmm. Some states are now passing legislation to try to make it uh, illegal to prohibit, uh, I mean, to engage in viewpoint discrimination mm -hmm. um, on these platforms. So uh, there is momentum moving that way. People are seeing the need mm. because of all this cancel culture stuff, because of people like us getting banned from making a joke that happened to be true. Right. Yep. Um, it's not just a joke, it's also true. <laughs> this concerns people, it really right. fires people up. And so I think ultimately you are going to have the Supreme Court looking at this soon because you had a decision in Florida with DeSantis's law where his law was struck down. Okay. And he lost his appeal. By the Florida Supreme Court, or is it the federal? Uh, it was the 11th Circuit, Circuit Court okay, of Appeals Circuit. Oh, federal. Uh, yeah. shot down his appeal yeah. okay. um, to get his law to go through, which mm -hmm. would, you know, would deal with the discrimination problem mm -hmm. on these platforms. In Texas, it was upheld at the Fifth Circuit. Okay. So, so you have that split that's got to go to the Supreme Court. Right. They're going to have to take that case, probably take that case, I would say, right. um, and make a decision there on how, which, which one is right mm -hmm. and how do we handle Section 230 and all of that. Right. Um, so there's big stuff happening, and the court is, is composed in our favor right now, largely because of Trump and his picks. And, yep. and, you know, that's where all of this comes to play, where your vote matters for, right. with these things, because your vote determines who picks these judges. Right. And these judges are making big decisions for... for Especially for, in our life. Yeah, Next big generation. topics yeah. of speech. Absolutely. Yeah. So. That, was, that was why I was willing to, to vote for him the second time. I, yeah. I didn't vote for him the first time, but I, I did the second time. So, well, you gave me three good Supreme Court justices, or reasonable Decent. Right, right. Yeah. Supreme Court justices. So, absolutely. Blaine. Yeah, so until that happens, where the Supreme Court does rule on it, and we get true reform, I am not overly confident. I think what happened to Parler was a really big wake-up <laughs> call. And you guys are really big on creating that alternative infrastructure, right. but we, we're we not. To. We're off, we're, we got spinned by YouTube four times. We, we got it, yeah. YouTube, but yeah. we're not there yet, where we actually have that infrastructure no. in place. Right. Mm -hmm. And just mm -hmm. how quickly, you know, there's so many different uh, choke points that they can go after, whether it's the Amazon web hosting or whether it's yep. the App Store or whether it's, you know, MailChimp or wherever. There's so many different choke points that yep. it, it can be really hard to avoid the buzzsaw. You know what surprised me about that situation too with Parler was 
that people didn't really get that worked up about it. Yeah. Yeah. Parler got wiped off the internet. Right. Yeah. Their servers were gone. They were pulled from the right. app stores. Right. Yeah. They had no email service provider. Yeah. Yeah. They were just wiped out. Right. And people were like kind of upset about it for a few days. Right. And then the problem kind of just like went away and then months passed and then Parler popped back up and said, hey, we got back on the internet and yeah. nobody cared. Right. Yeah. right. How? Well, well, I think I think part of it was we got warmed up with Alex Jones and Infowars and all that stuff happened. When they got taken down, it was like, huh? Oh, it's Alex. And, and, and then it's, it's Alex. Alex. And Crazy I think, Alex. I, Crazy. The way that they've, they've been doing that, where everyone deplatformed them. Everyone. Yeah. They went away. And I think it... For us, the way that our culture is designed, it's like it's hot for a minute, then it's gone, and then it happens to multiple people. It's not hot at all anymore, right? right? And I think that we are just numb to those type of things. And they did it once. It was kind of like to no one, who, someone who really we don't care about. We're pop and, culture, and, and man. then and yeah, and then it's like, oh, that's bad. That's sad. It happened yeah. to them. Everybody did this, and and then they do it to Parlor. Mm-hmm. It was like, eh. and we go about our business. Mm-hmm. They, they, I think they warmed us up to the idea that they can do that, and we're not really care much about it at all. Mm-hmm. I also think the media did a really good job of making people scared to stick up for Parler because Parler was the scapegoat for January 6th. Yep. Yeah. And so everybody was, <laughs> there were, there were people, they get people buried on the right that. who were afraid yep. to, to even like Back up stand Parler. up for that yeah. and say, oh, well, right. Parler should be allowed to be on the internet. Oh, really? The insurrectionists should be right. allowed yeah. to be on yeah. the internet? Yeah. Uh, that was a that was they that's, blamed, that's the power of the media that's to true, kind of control did, what people are okay narrative. with supporting. Because they blame Parler for being the communication vehicle for everyone being able to gather January 6th. Which is so ridiculous is, because and, the, more, the more percentage. <laughs> yeah, there, it, w- was there a higher percentage of people on Parler who were sympathetic to that? Sure, but the fra- there's a fraction of the mm-hmm. people on Parler. Oh, right. mm-hmm. The amount of stuff that was going on on Facebook. This stuff is being organized on right, Facebook right, too. Right. Yeah. Right. So on a much grander scale yeah. than Parler. So th- this is kind of a two-part question um, if if Elon Musk is walking inside of Twitter with a sink what is Kanye walking inside a parlor with <laughs> not his uh, not his Adidas shoes <laughs> <laughs> not his kicks uh, you gonna, are you gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole or no no uh, I'm gonna pass okay so then you got these well, two well, guys. first I'm still not convinced that Kanye might close parlor yeah you don't think it's gonna go through? I don't. I I, I got some suspicion there. It's nevertheless. But I think I do think um, Musk is gonna close on Twitter. You got guys who have money. I mean, at this point, he's walking into headquarters. His bio. I don't know if you yeah. saw today. His bio was updated yeah. on. It's Twit Chief Twitch. now yeah. or Chief Twit. Chief Twit. Chief. I was making like my, my handle yeah. on Instagram is B Chief, so I was. I guess I was. Yeah. There you go. I saw that. Chief Twit. Hoping that he was copying me. That's what it was. Probably so. Probably so. Imitation. Yeah. So you got you got Kanye. You have Elon. They're buying these software companies. Uh, these social media companies. What do you think that Christians, if they could get their hands on something right now in the culture, what do you think they should be trying to buy? And you guys are in two different areas mm. of thought. What do, what do you think? That's a good that question, Alex. Yeah. Pornhub, then shut it down. Mm. Facts, bro. Oh, Facts. Oh. Bi- Real talk. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, why could you not shut it down legally through the law? Well, I, mean, I think it's an interesting play to buy. But, it but that's a great. That's, that's a great good, move. That's hey, I want to buy your company. Right. Yeah. Buy the whole company and just. I mean, if you could think of like my my wife always jokes about if we drive by a restaurant that she hates, she she'll sometimes say like, "I wish I could buy the whole franchise to shut the whole thing down." Yeah. You know? Why like, not? You really hate that restaurant. <laughs> yeah. that's, wow, that's abnormal. Wow, <laughs> but, yeah, but you, you know, the, loathe that we don't restaurant. Think like that at all, mean, though. Counseling, yeah. and you're like, not just like, not Chick Fil A. 
Oh, that's good. But yeah, I, no. I don't know. That's, that's a, a good. That's a, it is a good question, though, for a, yeah. for a serious. If someone wants to give a serious answer, I, that, that's, 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 that's a, a serious answer, answer yeah. as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I think we as Christians need to go after the chambers of commerce. Um, that is, in many states, one of the but largest. You can't buy it. I know you can't buy it, but you can slowly but surely overtake it. Right, and that's one of the largest lobbying groups in many states. You know, historically mm. they were nominally Republican. I wouldn't yeah. even call it conservative. Yeah. But today, I mean, they have gone so far woke. They are the ones in Georgia or in Florida or in other states that are pushing back hardest against the conservative reforms, whether it's mm. pro-life laws, whether it's you know stuff dealing with LGBT issues. I mean, look at what happened in North Carolina with the mm. bathroom law a handful of years yeah. ago, right? I mean, that was the Chamber of Commerce that yeah. was leading the push, yep. and ultimately they were successful in getting that law repealed we have corporate lobbies that have more power than government and i don't think our founders ever anticipated something something important about the the twitter thing real quick before we move on from that with with what musk did i think what musk did was a good play with taking over a platform that already has everybody on it yeah Mm -hmm. um because there was a lot of conversation you know his text got revealed and all this discovery and everything and there was discussion about him starting his own platform and that was something that he was weighing, and he, he did yeah. a Twitter poll about it. You yeah. know, should I, should I start a platform, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that um, there is, it was smart to buy Twitter, because if he, if he were to create a free speech platform, who's going to join it? Yeah. You know, who honors free who cares about free speech? Well, conservatives like free yeah. speech. Libertarians right. like free speech. Right. But Nobody left of center right. Right. likes free speech. Right, yeah. They... <coughs> you know, they, they hate. It's not hate speech that they have a problem with. They just hate speech. <laughs> right. So they're not going to want to join a platform like that. They haven't joined right. Parler. They haven't joined True Social. They never will. Right. If you set up a new platform that's just geared towards free speech, it will never be the public square. It right. will be an echo chamber. Right. We're just talking with people. That Which is what you've kind of seen with Gavin Parler. Yeah, and, it's it's like-minded and people. And True yeah. Social. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and and there's there's a move there too. That's it's like the purchasing is. I think there's places to start something new and lead the way, but I think that it is a place where you say, I'm going to lead. I'm going to, I'm going to take this and you're going to follow me. Mm. Um, and, and the leftists tend to do that quite a bit more than we do, yeah. uh, quite a bit more often than, than Christians do. Seth, what, um, what's, what do you think the, inf- I saw on your bio, I cut it, but I saw it, <laughs> that you're, you've overtaken the onion. Is that right? That's right. Big, yeah. Bigger than the onion. Way to go. Um, which is awesome. Um, what what do you think the influence of the Babylon Bee is today, like on on our country? In what respect? Like like how we're affecting people's thinking on yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, are you are you pushing the needle? Social moral imagination. Are you, are you pushing the needle? I don't know. I th- honestly, I, I think our, our our influence has been bigger on the free speech issue than anything else because of you know the stand that we took not deleting right, that tweet right, right. Uh, energizing and emboldening people to take a stand with us mm-hmm. and then you know motivating in part i'm not taking full credit for it but like playing a factor in elon musk's yeah, decision making right, process to take right. like this this stuff that's happened as a result of the decisions that we've made to stand up for our right to make the jokes you're not supposed to make right, anymore right. Uh, i think has been more impactful than the jokes themselves which okay. is interesting because right. We never expected, when I got involved in a, in a comedy site that makes jokes on the internet, right. you know, I never expected to be like on the front lines of a battle for the preservation of freedom and the restoration of sanity in our country. <laughs> I just thought we were going to make people laugh and maybe make a little bit of money doing it. Yeah, right, right. And uh, here so you are. there is a lot of impact in terms of, you know, we do get emails from people all the time who tell us, you know, thank you for bringing levity into my life, you know, like yep. I, my, 
my dying mother was laughing until her last days reading Babylon Bee headlines while mm -hmm. she had cancer. Yeah, right. You brought joy and light into our life. Like that kind of stuff is amazing, the impact yeah, that yeah, we have. Right, yeah. But in That's terms of like the, the wide scale impact on culture, I think mocking bad ideas is important and necessary and we're doing that effectively and they're trying to shut us up for doing it. Yeah. Um, but it's the, it's, the, it's the speech thing, I think, where we've moved the needle the most. Yeah. Are you bringing, I mean, you said earlier, which I really like, you know, bringing shame back. I mean, is the Babylon Bee bringing any shame back? Well, I mean, we're exposing foolishness and making the powers that be look foolish mm -hmm. very effectively. Right, right. And they hate that, by right, the way. Right. They, they can't stand that. Right. Uh, and you can tell that they're the powerful ones because they're, they're the ones who are, have the, the capability of shutting you up when you make so much as make a joke about them, uh -huh. right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, exposing that foolishness with mockery and enraging them uh, I don't know that it's necessarily bringing shame back. I don't know that they're feeling ashamed about it, yeah. but it is exposing them. Yeah. It's exposing them not just for their foolishness, but also for their tyrannical tendencies. Right. And I think you're making a group of people feel bold again. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, given, having a backbone is like, I'm going to stand with these guys. You know, right. that's, that's huge. That's huge. Culture morale. Right. I hope so. Yeah. What do you think is next for your neck of the woods? Man, yeah. So, I mean, right now, you know, we got we got as many fights as many fires as we can put out on the drag stuff on the trans stuff on the gender stuff i mean it's just we've lost our minds um and i think that is where the battle is raging hottest right now you know that that idaho statesman editorial that that we were um <laughs> that we were featured in ended with a conclusion about the gospel and i think that that was a relevant topic mm -hmm. to discuss in an editorial about gender mm -hmm. right because i mean this right. really cuts to the pleased, heart actually yeah <laughs> thank you for at least getting that part right yeah like, this, this cuts all about to the heart yeah. about god's good design right. and our rebellion against him right. right and our need for a savior and our need for redemption and deliverance and salvation um and so i think for the for the foreseeable future christians just need to lean in to this fight against the radical gender ideology because as Martin Luther says, you show yourself to be a faithful servant by fighting where the battle wages hottest. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thank both you guys for doing this with us. Yeah, appreciate really it. Thank, appreciate thank you guys chance. very yeah. much. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next time, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross-politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. What separates New St. Andrew's Classical Christian Studies program from some other programs? Most importantly, uh, we're not an education degree. So at New St. Andrew's, you're not going to see seminars in the mechanics of instructional delivery. Um, at the same time, we're not a specialist degree either where if we're going to pursue, say, a degree in English literature or history, uh, you do receive a pretty wide dosage of the Western liberal arts, unlike most graduate-level degrees. Um, I call our courses advanced introductions. They're introductory in the sense that 
our students might be being exposed to this material for the first time. It may be the first time that you've read Anselm or Augustine, but you're not going to be exposed to this Anselm or Augustine like an 18-year-old undergraduate. Uh, you're going to understand and realize that Augustine has been read for over a thousand years. There's been over a thousand years of reflection, and you're going to learn how to join in a scholarly conversation surrounding texts and works that have been conversed about, discussed, and read for a long, long time. That's really graduate-level approach then. So it's introductory, and then it's first-time exposure, but a deep dive nonetheless.